Hey everyone, my name is Marcus and welcome back to the Savvy Consumer Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss psychology and human behavior behind consumption and how we can utilize this knowledge to become a more savvy consumer. We also talk about related topics such as how we can optimize our personal finances, increase productivity and improve our life satisfaction. Joining me once again this week is John. John, say hi. What's another language to say hi? Uh, guten Tag. Uh, you, you had literally like five seconds to come up with that. Um... <laughs> Is it good to have like good morning or something? Well, there's morning somewhere in the world. Is right. it morning in Germany though? Let's not sweat the details, you know? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I mean. Okay. So, John, I, I'm going to open this, uh, this episode with a surprising story. Oh, yeah? With a, with a fascinating, amazing story. Ooh. Let's go. Okay. So you know when we talked about the social media episode, right? Uh-huh. And we talked about how the tech companies are spying on us and like they're doing unethical stuff and they're trying to sell us stuff, uh, selling advertisements, selling our souls to the highest bidder, right? Right. So I just got a taste of that. Ooh. So you know, um, you know, people always say that you know tech companies are spying on us so that they can give us more targeted ads, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Last Friday, uh, I was watching a twenty-minute YouTube video with my sister, right? Mm-hmm. And just before the video, they showed us an ad for McDonald's. Ooh. So uh, I, I love McDonald's. Uh, recent, I mean, it's not all that healthy, but in the past few weeks, I've been craving McDonald's. And so what I do to give myself a midweek treat is that uh, as much as possible on Wednesdays, I try to order in McDonald's for myself and my family, right? As kind of like a midweek treat to, to get us by the week. You know, you know Wednesdays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garfield should say, hey, Wednesdays suck instead of Mondays suck. Uh, no, Wednesdays great. Yeah. Actually, Wednesdays are great. Okay, so but anyway, so um, so we, we watched the McDonald's ad and we were like, oh, McDonald's, you know, sounds great. Actually, we've been buying McDonald's. And so I was, saying, I was saying to my sister, hey, you know, maybe they're showing us this McDonald's ad because they know that we've been buying McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They know that we've been ordering it. They know that we've been talking about it. So maybe they're trying to target us with ads to get us to buy more McDonald's, huh? And then she was like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure, right? So I was like, okay, um, you know, where's the microphone on your computer? I'm going to go right to it and I'm going to say some stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to the microphone and I was like, okay, let's try and think of something, right? Okay, I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. Ooh. So I went, to the, I went to the microphone and I said, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I put my face right in there. Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, Fried Chicken, love it, best fried chicken in the world. And I said all those things uh-huh. and I laughed it off and the both of us laughed. And we continued watching the video, right? Okay. Five minutes into the video, uh, one of her email notifications popped up. Uh, she she has that where it kind of pops up on the desktop, right? Yeah, yeah. And it pops up and it says, KFC bucket, you know, eight for $15 and whatever. And the both <laughs> of us looked at each other and we were like, no way, no way. Okay, look, I just said it five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And five minutes later, an email notification comes in for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. And it's, I mean, sure, they send you, they send you mails every so often, but it's not one of those things where it's that often and it's so coincidental, right? Mm, yeah, it is. And so we were like, okay, okay, this is getting a little bit creepy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's creepy, but it's still within the realm of possible. So yeah, it could just be a coincidence. So I was like, okay, let's do one more experiment. And if the next one, if the next one happens, we're going to freak out, right? So we're saying, okay, what, let's say something completely random. Okay. And uh, let's see whether they kind of give us an ad or an email for that. But, you know, you can't just say something that you're not subscribed to, right? So it's something where you have to be on their mailing list. Uh, okay. so, we were, so we were thinking about it and we were like, okay, there's this uh, Japanese home uh, household store 
in Japan only. Singapore doesn't have any. Uh-huh. And it's called Nitori. Mm-hmm. And I love Nitori. Whenever we go to Japan, we always go and visit and we look at the household stuff. Right. And she's on the Nitori mailing list. But, uh, you know, Nitori sends emails every so often, right? But they don't, they don't do it super often. So I was like, okay, let's go with Nitori. So I went, to the, I went to the microphone again, put my face right in there. And I said, Nitori. Japanese household home appliances, home decoration, brand <laughs> green color because the banner of the the oh, banner of the, the, the logo is green. Whatever, right? Yeah, you're hitting all the and, keywords, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitting all the text, hitting all the keywords. And I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just put it there and we'll see. Put it out there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we watched finished the video, 15 minutes, nothing happened. So, okay, great. You know, went, went to sleep. Next morning, I went out for a coffee at 9 a.m. And at 9.05 a.m., mm-hmm. my sister texted me a screenshot of her email. <laughs> and, it's, and in Japanese, it's from Nitori. Okay. And it basically says like home appliances, some sale, or I don't know, like blankets and whatever. Oh, cool. And she was like, no freaking way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I was like, no freaking way. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this has been... Um... Yeah, people have been speculating about this for some time, right? I mean, it's happened to me also, but it, it was it was super immediate for me. It was, um, you know, Instagram? Yes. Sometimes they do ads, right? So oh, I, yeah? I don't know. It wasn't even me that said it. I think it was my sister who said it. We were like talking over <laughs> dinner on my phone just on the table. And then she was like, oh yeah, it's like that bootstrap cold brew coffee, you know? And then the next thing Wait, I knew- what, what cold brew coffee? Uh, was it bootstrap? Bootstrap. Bootstrap? Yeah, okay, sure. I have never even heard of it in my life. Yeah, I've never heard of it. What, what does it even mean? Right? I've never heard of it. I've never seen it before. And then lo and behold, as I was scrolling Instagram after dinner, it was like, right there, it was like, bootstrap cold brew coffee. I'm like, what the hell did I do to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> so what does bootstrap even mean? Is that the name of the, the brand? That's or? the brand. Yeah, that's the brand. They don't make it with oh, the okay. bootstrap. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so that's okay. the brand. That's the brand. I, yeah, they, of course, they don't make coffee with the bootstrap. Well, I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so maybe the trick here, what, what do you want to see, John? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. What I want to let's, see is kind of talk, um, Let's just talk about it the entire day. Uh, no, that, that would put like weird advertisements on my computer and I don't want that. No, no, no. I mean like what do you want to see that's PG, you know? Oh, I don't know. Man. Maybe like um, food discounts or something like that. Mm. Free, free coffee, free tea, free food. Oh, how about like... Let's just say it right now. Go to your microphone and say it right now. Say all the things that you <laughs> want to see and love and... And and want and, and want it forever. Yeah, they're listening into our podcast as well. They're talking into this it, mic for like an hour at a time. So how about like PlayStation Five? Now, I mean, gaming console white. But you're not. No, how about PlayStation Five Lucky Draw? Then? Ooh, PlayStation or Five Lucky Draw. PlayStation Five free. <laughs> <laughs> free free for the top podcasts in Singapore. Ooh. Ooh, that would be uh, nice. Which sponsor we are us. definitely not a part of, but sponsors doesn't matter. Sponsors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Okay, so today's topic is going to be about buying and reselling. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're talking about people who buy a certain product and then they try to resell it for profit. Now, I mean, you know, this is kind of capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. We buy stuff or we put together stuff and we create a product and we sell it. But in this case, we're talking about, you know, like the same kind of product, uh, a particular thing that people exclusively resell. You know, they're not people who consume the item. They're buying it solely to flip it for profit and often it's at other people's expense. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, you know, what we should be talking about this 
what we think about it, why we think about such behavior, how it affects others, and you know what we should be doing about these kinds of things. Um, the motivation for this comes from two articles that we saw recently, uh, which I, I did forward to you. And in fact, mm -hmm. I was so impressed about it that I forwarded it to quite a few people oh, that I you? know. And I, and I don't normally do that, right? So, okay, the article uh, in question, maybe we can put it on the description, right? Yeah. It's about this 16-year-old um, boy in Singapore. And the article talks about him making up to $30,000, Singapore dollars, a month, buying and reselling sneakers. And so, I, I mean, like, for people who don't really know sneakers, I, I'm not a sneaker here as well, but mm -hmm. you would think that, oh, sneakers are like $50, $100, but there are sneakers, limited editions, that go for thousands of dollars. Yeah, huh? And so this is the market that this boy is operating in. He's buying these uh, exclusive um, releases, and then because they're so exclusive, they sell out. And so he gets to flip them for a profit mm -hmm. to people who wanted it in the first place, right? But yep. uh, did not manage to do that. And so um, everyone was really impressed. $30,000 is a significant amount per month. Um, apart from that, he also did several other things that you would not typically associate with a boy his age, right? Mm -hmm. So in fact, the business is so lucrative that he has hired employees. Um, he... Originally, he went to stand in line for all these releases, but as these releases went online, he started to um, try to buy them online. He realized that people were using bots, mm -hmm. like automatic um, software to kind of try and get these limited editions. And so he actually paid money to kind of like get the bots yep. to work for him instead of, and, and to outdo other people's bots. Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, he's also concentrating on his studies. So that's uh, it. That's uh, formidable as well, right? To juggle both a business and a studies as well. Um, there was a commentary recently. This is the second article we're going to talk about where it argued that, you know, this guy and other people like him are being unethical because they're taking the sneakers away. They're taking the product away from people who really want it, people who would actually use it or people who uh, would genuinely keep it and not resell it. And so he's kind of like, you know, being a middleman, taking out that profit or taking out that uh, satisfaction from people and trying to resell at higher prices for his own gain, but everyone else loses. Um, mm -hmm. I thought both articles had merit, but just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on mm -hmm. both the original article and the commentary. Hmm. Okay, so the original article, right? As, at first, I was like, eh, okay, this 16-year-old boy, I mean, he makes a lot of money selling shoes. He could have made a lot of money selling other things. It doesn't matter. It could be anything. Yeah, it could have been anything. Like recently, there are all these like ads on um, YouTube, right? They're like, oh, uh, they have sold something from Amazon or something. Like they buy it at $3 oh, on Amazon no. and they flip it for like $18 and they like, hit $3 million of sales in like three months or some other rubbish crap like that. And they're trying to run a course to teach other to sell stuff, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this before. <laughs> if you give me 45 seconds, I will show you how to make a million dollars right, right. in five simple steps. Yeah, yeah. So... So, so in it, order to become a certified Amazon reseller, all you need to do is find the things. Uh, buy at $3, sell at $15. You make 80, I don't know how many percent profit, you know? Yeah, 400%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, 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 is, it is something that is um, as old as time, right? Like reselling. Uh, it's not something that's new. It's, you, it's basically the same thing, uh, same concept as buying and selling shares, right? What you want to do is you want to buy low and you want to sell high. So you're, you're, basic, you're basically flipping your share. But the, the difference is it's, yeah. it's a share. You can't do anything with a share. Besides, I mean, sometimes they give you dividends on the share, but I mean... <laughs> you can't share it. it. <laughs> well, you... you, Well... No, you can't. Carry on. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so wait, what was my point? Uh, yeah. So so um, it I think it was only seen um with uh some poor optics because he was doing it in terms of shoes, right? And because they they mm. mentioned that he was using the bots, so I think the bots in itself. It's like over the line for some people. Like everyone has a line, right? Where where they mm. feel like it's it's okay, it's not okay. So I mean, if he he goes and queues for the product itself, right? Then I would say he he has a legitimate reason to like charge that money, right? So it's like people who can't afford the time to go down to queue for the item, uh, they pay him for his services basically, uh, for queuing for the item. So yeah, yeah. So I think that that's pretty universal, right? So I think even like last time when they when they sold like condos and stuff like that, it was also like a queue system. So if you were like earlier in the queue, you would get like a the chance to get like a better unit and stuff like that, right? And people used to buy queue numbers in condo like uh, showroom kind of queues. So it's kind of the same concept, just that this one is like taken like dialed up to eleven because like global it it became global. So I I have actually been to StockX before. I was looking okay. for a pair of I think it was Adidas Triple Black Japanese Limited Edition, right? And they were kind of like all sold out everywhere at that point. Right. So retail price is $200. I mean, this is not like the crazy expensive limited edition shoes, right? Nah, not really. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. <laughs> it's like kind of uh, mid-range kind of shoe. Uh, but on the platform, they were actually selling it for close to twice the price. It's 100% more. So it's like 380 or 390 kind of thing. Ouch. Yeah, on a $200 retail shoe. So I was like, what the hell? That's not... That's not nice. As in, it's not that it's not nice. It's like I'm not gonna pay four hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. It's supposed yeah. to cost two hundred bucks, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll wait. If they do a rerun, I'll buy it. If they don't, then too bad. I won't buy the shoes, right? So lo and behold, they rerun. <laughs> so there's like a limited rerun, and then I I don't know why. I think I was subscribed to some like like shoe website in London or someplace. I don't know. That was the last place I saw the shoe. I was like, oh right. oh, because we went we were we were overseas, and I was like, oh, should I buy this pair of shoes? And then my sister was like. Can you buy this in Singapore? I was like, probably. Then she was like, why you buy it here then? Or something like that. I can't remember. So in the end, we didn't buy it there. Until I came back and I realized there wasn't any here. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer, but you know. So anyway, I was like subscribed to their their mailing list and stuff like that, right? So it came back. They did a rerun, a limited rerun. So then I managed to get the shoes at $200, including shipping from London. Oh, oh not in Singapore even. No, not even in Singapore. Everywhere I went in Singapore, right, they tell me no stock, no size. It's like I'm a size nine, which is like the average kind of guy shoe uh, size. Nine is the average. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna it's sell average, out. The first, yeah, right? right, yeah. So it's gonna be sold out. They they only had seven. I'm like, who the hell wears a seven? I mean, probably younger kids, but you know, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> But yeah. If you if you wear a seven, please email us at the email that doesn't exist. <laughs> Actually, we should really create an email. We can get some comments from people and then we can talk about them. There's only like 20 people and 10, 10 of them are like me, right? No, it's okay. If you send us an email, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, like um, so-and-so from um, America or somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. But that'd be pretty cool I, or anything. Yeah, I could. I could make one. Yeah, yeah anyway, so to, what was the point of the story? Uh, The point of the story is... Huh. What was the point of the story? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like like these these websites, right? This this um the website is actually called StockX. So it it actually treats like shoes as stocks. So they kind of track the prices, and that's I think Ooh. that's the website that he uses also lah. So yeah, yeah. the super limited ones, you can see the prices generally will shoot up once once it is um once it is 
once it is sold out, that kind of thing. It's a supply and demand kind of thing. It, yeah. it, it is really the epitome of capitalism. Supply and demand, free market forces, kind of, yeah. kind of, right? So, so I think some people draw the line at bots. Like, I draw a line at bots. Like, bots are, I don't know, maybe because I'm old. So bots are, I feel like, a little bit, eh, pushing it a little bit, right? So if you're using Pu- bots... Pushing the boundaries of what's ethical, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if... if I mean, I, I guess you do pay for the bots, right? It's not like it's, it's it's free or something. And I don't know. I just find it a little bit... Eh, eh. It's like... I Yeah, certain, so, so certain products, I don't know. I, I would definitely consider... Okay, let's say you went to a, like a concert, right? Like, you know yeah. scalpers, right? People who buy yeah. buy out tickets and then after they sell it for like obnoxious prices like yep. uh, immediately after it's sold out. Yep. Yeah, so those suck, right? Universally, people agree that those suck. But yeah. there are certain products that people are like, eh, maybe it's not so bad. And in this case, I think shoes are like, eh, it's not so bad. It's like because there are probably people willing to pay that amount to go and mm, get the shoe. I don't know. But a concert is a concert. You pay 15000 for the same seat that you would have paid $200 if you went in queue. So I don't know. Universally, there's a, there's a little bit of a distinction there. I'm not sure where people kind of draw the line, but that's where I kind of draw a line. Like scalpers. Mm. Yeah, like mm. I think the same thing happened with um, the Nintendo Switch a while back then. So there was this like kid who was oh, yes. doing all the bots and stuff. So like the Nintendo Switch, the price like went through the roof because the supply couldn't meet up with the demand, right? And the demand Wait, was, was that because of a kid? It was because of a kid. I mean, it probably not just no, it him. Was, I, I thought it was because of COVID. And so uh, for context, um, earlier this year, maybe in about March, I bought my Nintendo Switch for about 430, 450 Singapore dollars, mm, right? Yep. And maybe about two to three months after COVID hit, around the June period, the Nintendo Switch was at its highest. The highest I ever saw was about eight to $900. Yeah, that's insane, right? If you think about yeah. it, right? If because the price of a Switch is normally about four hundred dollars, and yeah. the price of a PS4 Pro is about five six hundred dollars, right? Why did the PS4 price not rise as fast as the Nintendo Switch? It's, it's not because of Animal Crossing. I, Nobody I, pays. I, <laughs> I assumed that it was because everyone was stuck at home, and so everyone started buying Nintendo Switches because they were so bored. No, but it's the same. You could buy a PS4. You could buy an Xbox One. Why? Why was nah, there a specific? Nah, Switch is better, man. <laughs> I barely even touch <laughs> my Switch nowadays, bro. <laughs> There's no yeah, games let's not on get it. Into that, but yeah, carry on. So, so there was a there was a guy who was doing that. Yeah, right? there was. I I think it's not just one guy. There were probably like a couple of people or a handful of people a that couple, were doing it. A couple of thousand people more like it yeah so he would they were basically like buying at retail price and they were like flipping it for like twice the price and i think at the time there were like commentary about it saying that it was super unethical because it was covid and i was like really why the hell because it's covid it's unethical in normal times it's ethical man it's so weird right so sometimes people (laughs) it's like i don't know sometimes people uh, it's a bit weird it's a bit weird yeah yeah so so So, yeah yeah so I'm i'm hearing a few things i'm hearing that you know uh bots kind of have a bad reputation right yeah, yeah and they, they, they kind of like toe the line between what's what's ethical and what's not mm. and so i guess if where bots are involved people are more inclined to say that hey this is unethical i i can get behind that another thing that you mentioned is you know it's in the details right mm. so um maybe for certain kinds of products uh, especially for concert tickets for example where the people are so emotionally invested and there are only such a little number of seats and when you buy it and you resell it immediately when the tickets close it's like super obvious that you're just there to flip a profit and yep. the profit prices are like in the thousands yeah it's crazy they can buy for like 200 and they can sell for thousands and so the the margin there is so it's so ridiculous that 
and, and in some sense that the, the reason why they're able to jack it up so high is because there's a demand for it right yes precisely so when there's more demand for it the higher people are able to resell but it's also indicative of the amount of like emotional investment that people have in it mm-hmm. i guess for that yeah you know it's a ballot right so bots get more chances in the ballot because they're able to click faster yeah. and kind of like automate it right yeah Yes. So there's no way that people can compete with that. And that's why it's unfair. Um, I think uh, you've brought in... There's something that you alluded to, but it's something that is... Uh, I, I mean, I would like to articulate, which is that, you know, ethics and legalism are different things, right? Oh, yes, yes. So so we're talking about what is ethical and what is not versus what is legal and what is not. And mm-hmm. technically, you know, using bots, reselling everything, these are all legal. Yeah, it is legal. But then it falls into the bracket of, you know, it's legal, but it's unethical. Well, I mean... Yeah, it, and so, and so but but I think people feel strongly enough about it that they feel like it should be illegal, mm, actually. Yeah, and yeah. so there have been calls for it to be like, okay, to the people who are selling all these sneakers, who are selling all these um, units of stuff uh, that needs to be balloted for, that people need to kind of like, you need to write your luck to get it, right? Yep. You should not, uh, you should try as much as possible to... Um, ban the use of bots. Of course, it's not completely feasible, or it, it's not always easy to do that. Yeah. But definitely, I can see the concerns. And uh, the last two points, uh, related but not related, is uh, the two other things that I got from your story is number one, never trust your sister, and number two, <laughs> we're we're going to start seeing ads for Adidas Triple One uh, Black Triple Triple, triple black, black Sneakers Japanese Edition. Yo. It looks so clean. So clean. It's Japanese Wait, so you have it now, it. right? Yeah, I have it now. I paid $200 so for it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you wear it though? Yeah, I do wear it. I do wear it. It's one of my most worn shoes actually. Triple uh, <laughs> black. Triple the black, triple the emo. Huh? Yeah, it's black and white. It's, it, it, it's so clean. It's triple black. Where did the white come from? You know, triple black is, um, it's, it's the, you know, Adidas is three stripes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the stripes are black. Wait, I can't remember. Triple black. Uh, If you look at the NMDs, right? The other, the other models, there's less black on it. This one is like almost all black. So it's like black on black. Nice. And then there's a little bit nice. of white accent thing. So it's quite, it's quite cool. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I never really understood the sneaker game. You know, I was at a, as a, at a food place eating once, right? Uh-huh. And I remember that there were like three guys sitting at a table next to me. Mm-hmm. And when I looked over there and then somehow my eyes diverted to their shoes, they were all wearing the exact same Adidas shoes. <laughs> and to me, I was just like, you know, it's, I, I, did they do that on purpose? Or... You know, uh, is that just a thing? I don't know. There's, there's like, there are always like periods of like fashion, you know, like people think like, oh, this, this shoe is nice. This shoe is trendy. And then the, the price of the shoe will probably go up by like $10, $20. Everyone's trying to buy it. Uh, at one point it was like the Nike Roshis, like the first Roshis. And after that it was uh, mm. Adidas NMDs. And it's like everyone, everyone, everyone was wearing them. Oh, I remember the NMDs. The reason why it's triple <laughs> black is because the original NMDs were like black and then there was like some red accenting and blue accenting and white accenting. So oh. it, was like, it was super weird. I thought it was like damn weird. People were like, oh, this shoe is so nice. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it's all it's all down to like personal preference and all that kind of thing, right? Beauty, so, is in the, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like black. The other day, I just went out in a black t-shirt, black shorts and black shoes. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, I could have completed a look with a black mask as well, but I thought that would be overkill. Nobody would be able to see me outside at night. So I decided to go with the so white mask. So you went nearly all the way and you didn't go all the way. I did not. I did not. You so, could even have worn a black cap. Oh, I could have, but my hair is already black, so that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do do yeah. wear a black mask next time, yeah? Yeah, I should. I should. 
Okay, uh, for me to give my thoughts mm-hmm. on this original article. Yep. So I sh- earlier I shared that I sent this to near, uh, quite a lot of people and I don't normally do that. And the reason why I did that is that I was clearly impressed by this boy. Mm-hmm. You know, notwithstanding, you know, whether it's unethical or not, right? That wasn't the, the, the thought that came to my mind first. Um, this boy is clearly entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of business sense. Yep. Because all the things that he did, you know, at 16 year old, it, it's very, very um, amazing for someone to do that. Especially in Singapore, because generally 16 year old, you're kind of like still studying for some of your major exams, right? And you yeah. don't normally um, do business like this boy does, mm-hmm. at least until like they're twi- more in their 20s or in their 30s, right? Yep. And I think Singapore is trying really, really hard to be a startup hub. And we're trying to cultivate more entrepreneurs. We're trying to cultivate more startup founders. And these are the exact kind of people that we need. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with the methods now that I've thought about it. Uh-huh. But these are the kind of like the principles or the kind of attitude that people need to have. Right. Um, you know, this boy didn't start out from um, using all these bots and things which were considered unethical, right? Mm-hmm. He used to go and queue yep. for these sneakers and he would get them. And so um, I think at the start, he he was just wearing them, you know. But uh, for his own enjoyment. But he yep. realized when his friends told him that it was expensive, that he could resell it. And so that kind of became his obsession to, to, to get into the game and to understand how the market works and to mm-hmm. sell that. And so I, I, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily, uh, I, I do admire the, the spirit that this boy has had. Right. Of course, I think if I were a sneakerhead mm-hmm. and I wanted to buy a certain pair of sneakers, uh, yeah. and these people like this boy were trying to, uh, made it difficult for me to buy my sneakers mm-hmm. then obviously i would be emotionally invested but yep. as someone who's not in that domain i find that these skills that he demonstrates are pretty good um and you know in some sense he's spending so much time on it that it's affecting his studies it gets in the way of other things and you know like he doesn't really care about uh, some of these commentaries surrounding it right he just goes for it because that's mm-hmm. what he wants yep. and in some sense i i I personally feel that it takes someone who is a little bit crazy or a little bit obsessive oh, yeah, to definitely. become an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because generally, most people are pretty content. They're, they get like a 9 to 5 job, uh, maybe like 8.30 to 6 nowadays, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 9 to 5 is a myth. Um, 8.30 to 6 job. And they're, they're comfortable with the amount of money that they're earning. They're comfortable with the amount of work they're doing and not having to kind of like run something all by themselves, right? Mm. And so for someone, especially in Singapore, to step out like that and to do their own business, it really is something that's kind of really quite countercultural. It doesn't happen a lot here, which is why we're trying to encourage it a lot. Um, as a fan, so as, as a person looking on this, I think the skills are something to be admired. More people can demonstrate these kind of skills. Mm-hmm. But if I were someone who wanted to buy the sneakers and people like him were kind of taking them away from me, people like me, yep. then that was something that I would definitely be frustrated as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, as, mm, yeah, so I, I don't know. He, 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 what, he's 16? Is he doing O-level? 16. Yeah, actually, if I was him, right, I, I would stop, like, I quit school already. It's like, why, why bother studying? You can make more money than yeah. you, 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 you yeah. make if you had a degree. I mean, yeah. especially in Singapore. It's like, you get a degree, you come out, your studying pay is like, what? I mean, the, the paper say it's like 3.5, but in reality, you get Big like... News. Yeah, in reality, you get like sometimes three if you're lucky, sometimes lower than three even. So it's like, if you can make 30,000 a month, right? If I was his family, I would like say, go for it, dude. Just do it full time. Just quit school. Like, yeah, but you can education? see... You can see the strong pool of culture there where his parents are still like, hey, you need to take your studies seriously. Right, right. right? Yeah, so it's... I, I mean, it's I mean of, it, is, it, is, it is a safety net. 
I mean, and it doesn't it doesn't say whether the thirty thousand is like uh revenue or profit. Right, right. I mean, right. I assume that after he bought uh the bots and after he paid his employees, mm-hmm. it would be less than thirty thousand. Well, I mean, even if he was getting only half of that, it's fifteen thousand dollars a month. How sure. how many how many people actually make fifteen thousand dollars a month? I I don't I, think I, so, man. <laughs> nah, not yeah. Very few people. Very. Few. I can for, I can foresee the headlines now. Eighteen year old with. Driving Lamborghini yeah. in, Sing- in Singapore. You'd probably be like some sort of child millionaire or something, you know. We are like stifling, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. stifling his growth. She just let him do business, man. He like found the hack to life. Like who needs yeah. study? Only in Singapore I guess, people I guess study the, so much. I guess the next step is to kind of expand it past sneakers, right? Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. more scalable or expand to other products and whatever. Yeah, I think he was doing something else already. He was doing like claw machines and stuff like that. Oh, I, I uh, yeah, no, that was at the start. Oh, that was at the start? I, I, I know something which is kind of a similar market uh-huh. and people do earn from it as well which is high-end watches ah uh, yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. so high-end watches oh have i got a story for you <laughs> uh, so is it is it time for a story <laughs> is it time for a story is it time okay i mean uh, this, okay, this could be eating that goes my that goes my part but... <laughs> i mean i mean this, this could be eating into the next point about whether it's ethical or not right but um, yeah, we're, we're gonna go there. Yeah, we're gonna go yeah, there. The so, next point is so, gonna discuss whether reselling should be considered unethical or ethical, right? Yeah. So take it away, John. So nice segue, huh? So anyway, we're talking about watches, right? So my dad is kind of into like Rolex watches, right? He likes Rolex watches. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He's a big watch man, and I'm, I look at the watch and like, uh, what? This costs like ten thousand. I'm like, what the hell? Who would pay ten thousand dollars for a watch? But you know, sometimes it's apparently it retains its value it goes up in value it does yeah it, it does. does it really does I, I don't understand how it does but it does yeah because they they every model is kind of like a limited time run so they they kind of <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of like time run get it yeah yeah it's, it's kind of like um like keyboard group buys right they only make like a certain number and that's it so if you want to buy in the secondhand market it's going to cost a lot more than what it was uh, running in the group buy so that right. that's kind of like the keyboard side it's kind of the same concept because it's small it's uh done by enthusiasts small group buys so the price uh, I mean yeah until somebody kind of mass markets it then it might come down a bit but yeah so it's the same for watches right because watches yeah. they it's the mechanism inside that makes it tick and yeah. like it's the mechanism inside that makes it so expensive right so yeah. apparently Rolex right so they, they it's, it, it's a little bit uh, I it's, it's not illegal I wouldn't say but it is I think probably pretty unethical so there's this line of like sports watches that Rolex has right so according to my dad it's like the watches, you can never buy them retail from a Rolex shop. Even if you're on a waiting list, it never comes into the shop. Oh. Right? You know where they go? they get bought out before they reach the shop? Yeah. It goes to the secondhand dealers. It goes to the secondhand dealers. And wait, wait, what? Yeah. So, they are, they are like kind of uh, grey market. But they're secondhand dealers. Right? They're secondhand dealers, right? So, isn't it weird that secondhand dealers got the watches already before like somebody... Well, I mean, it it, it, it it is what it is. Lah. So either, I don't know, I don't want to say anything about, yeah, is Rolex going to sponsor us? I don't think so. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Rolex, please. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Um, then we can uh, make all the watch puns in the world. <laughs> the I was just going to say like, hey, secondhand dealers, what about the minute hand dealers? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, so basically the watches all end up in the hands of like the secondhand dealers, right? And then the prices, it just jumps by like one point, like 70%, 80%. And that's the price they stay at. Which but is they're second-hand dealers. Yeah, they're second-hand dealers. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying I, that there might be some relationship between the second-hand dealers and the authorized retailers. 
<coughs> but there is. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that. I didn't say anything. Uh, please don't sue me. But I mean, it, it is kind of the case, right? Where things immediately go into the grey market and they command a lot more money mm. than they than they would in like a first-hand market, which is a bit weird, isn't it? And I think that is definitely way, way across the line of unethical. Right, wouldn't you say? They are directly going to somebody because they know that they can make more money from them. Right, because... I mean, I guess they would... I mean, without, without enough information, <laughs> without enough information, I can't really say that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't really have the full information here, but yeah. So, so same here. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, this is all just like speculation, right? But I mean, after a while, if you're into these kind of things, you can kind of see like the trends of things happening, you know? So it's mm. like, um, what's a good comparison to this? Like, like keyboards, right? Like mechanical keyboards. <laughs> 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 our, our world is so small our world is small it is very small so they, they make like um, there's this company called Rama R-A-M-A I think they're based right. in Australia or something the keyboard parts are like insanely expensive it's insanely premium and they price themselves as such so like a lot of people right they'll just go into the group buy and they just buy it even if it's like $700 for a keyboard case it's like who would pay $700 for a keyboard case or who would pay like $1,000 for a keyboard case but right. but I mean, it's actually a very good idea to pay $1,000 for a keyboard case because as soon as it comes out, you can flip it for like $2,000 and people will buy it. It's insane. It is literally insane. Mm. Uh, yeah, but this, I mean, it, it's not really big money now compared to like watches like $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. $40, this is like a few thousand dollars. So I guess it's not so bad yet. But in, like, in the case of his shoes, I went up to like 30, like was it 30000 for a pair of limited edition shoes? Wow, it's kind of... Nah, I... I don't think so, but it was quite a quite a couple of thousand. Yeah, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Quite a lot to pay yeah. for shoes, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So huh, I don't know whether it's ethical or not. Eh, I don't know. Everyone has a line. If you think it's ethical, it's probably ethical. If you think it's unethical, it's probably not. So <laughs> that that doesn't really help. <laughs> it does not. But I mean, ethics ethics in itself is a pretty gray area, right? What I think is ethical might not be ethical to you. It's like I like burgers you might not like burgers so it's very subjective <laughs> we're not talking about whether liking burgers is ethical right <laughs> i mean if we were doing a, a podcast on like ve- veganism maybe oh. uh, then they, they would be arguing whether you know liking a burger is is unethical or ethical well and they say like okay it's not the burger's fault right it's the patty right if it's meat then it's unethical and if it's uh impossible patty then it's ethical yeah yeah so so precisely right that's, that's kind of my point huh. like to them it would be unethical to, to eat like beef right but to me it's like I mean, we kind of grow them for food. Wouldn't it yeah. be unethical to not eat them? So, so imagine <laughs> this. Somewhere out there in this world right now, there are two people arguing about burgers. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. It's probably like more common in like the United States or like it's some more of the Western countries where veganism <laughs> is so... It's like, it's like a trend to be vegan. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the trends are too powerful in Singapore yet, but yeah. I'm sure we'll more of it coming up in a couple of years time alright so you know we talked about whether reselling should be considered unethical and we talked about how the details matter I think in a lot of domains um, you know reselling is considered pretty normal mm-hmm. yep. you know distributors they're kind of like resellers because they take it from the, the supplier right and then they resell and they take a cut from that so you know, reselling is like the cornerstone of capitalism. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know, wherever you go, 
wherever there is a gap, middlemen will always come in and they will resell as much as they can mm -hmm. so that they can get a profit, a slice of the profit, right? Yep. Um, let's say where we go down to something uh, more of a narrow view, right? We're talking about this guy reselling sneakers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sneakers are limited edition. He is using bots to uh, get sneakers and he's reselling them to people willing to pay up to 300% more. Mm. So, like, yeah, that's a lot. It's and lot. if you ask me, in a perfect world, do I think that there should be resellers? My answer would be no. Mm -hmm. I don't think there should be. Because, uh, you know, imagine for those companies which sell directly to the consumer, right? Yep. The consumer gets so much more benefit. And mm -hmm. for us as a consumer, definitely we want to see less middlemen because mm -hmm. we want to pay less. Yep. And if I was the one wanted, wanting a sneaker, if it was a sneaker sale, you would want all the genuine sneaker heads, the genuine sneaker fans to get all those um, ballots, right? Yeah. But that being said, this is how the world works, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a demand. There are people who will continue to resell stuff as long as there is space for them to do so. Yep. Um, the next thing is that, okay, there, are, there is a lot of outcry over like, oh, you know, these things are unethical, right? And especially for the, the concert ticket one, I think that's something that 99% of people can get behind mm. because it's such an emotional thing. They want to watch the concert, but they literally can't. Yeah. And... Yeah, and it's it's like so straightforward. There are people buying it $250 and they're selling for like tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Clearly unethical. You know, your Ed Sheeran, your uh, big ex who come to Singapore, people are robbed of that and so they feel really strongly about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yes, in those cases, to me, it's like, okay, I would love for that. I would love for there not to be such a situation, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that the world is complex and... There isn't really a clear solution apart from kind of like pressurizing the organizers to put in more stringent cybersecurity measures, for example, mm -hmm. to prevent the bots. Um, so that there are, but the bots will keep on improving as well. Yep. And so in the absence of a clear solution to combat some of these problems, right? I prefer to talk less about whether something is unethical or ethical mm -hmm. and to talk more about, you know, Yes, maybe this thing is unethical, but given that there are people who think that it's fine and they are still doing all these things mm -hmm. to get around the system, then what are the things that we can do as an individual consumer to kind of work our way around that, right? Mm. So if you are not able to get your latest sneaker because someone with bots has stolen it from you, what, what should you be doing, right? Or how can you kind of like get around this system, right? Mm -mm -mm. And I also want to point out that there's a difference between, uh, you know, each individual, each individual situation is different. And so uh, in one situation, it's clearly, uh, you might feel more strongly that it's unethical, but in another situation, you might be like, hey, you know, it's like a gray area, right? Mm. Um, there is a difference between people who buy exclusively to resell mm -hmm. versus people who buy something and they use it and they are later able to, after they've stopped using it, they are able to sell it at a higher price, right? Mm. And I say that as someone who does the latter because, <laughs> you know, like I, I buy musical instruments, yep. I buy like electronics. Mm. And most of the time when I buy these things, my purpose is actually to use the things. Uh -huh. But because like being someone who is familiar with the market, usually I tend to buy these things when they are going for a really low price, like right. in the secondhand market, for example. Yep. And so let's say I buy something at $20. And I use it for a couple of months and I say, okay, you know, this thing's not for me. And a few months later, I decide to sell it, but the price 
I can sell it easily for maybe about $50. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some people might say like, hey, you know, they haven't got the full picture. They're like, this guy bought it for $20. He's now selling it for $50 and he just bought it off the first guy to resell to the second, to the third guy, right? Mm. Um, yeah, but I think the story is a little bit more complicated than that and I might just be saying that to cover my own, <laughs> cover my own misdeeds, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, about these things, um, you know, people are always going to do reselling. Yeah. And so given that people are going to be doing it, you know, sometimes I feel that, you know, you might really have to join them instead. Or, you know, given that it's going to happen and that we don't really have a clear solution to prevent it from being happening, mm-hmm. then, you know, it might just be better to um, do whatever you can instead of saying that it's unethical, right? Mm. So I, I do have a story, okay. which is that, um, you know, I used to play guitar. And for guitar, you have these um, electronic pedals uh-huh. that you run through the cables. And so it alters the sound of your guitar, right? They're called guitar, guitar pedals. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, like duh, right? <laughs> They're pedals for the guitar. They're called guitar pedals. <laughs> They're pedals for the guitar. Hey, what do you got over there? Oh, it's a guitar pedal. Oh, what does it do? It's a pedal for the it's guitar. It's a pedal for the guitar. Okay. All right. Yeah. Circular logic one, um, <laughs> non-circular logic zero. Okay. So anyway, I bought this uh, guitar pedal secondhand for about $200. Mm. And when I got it, I tried it for a little bit and I decided that it wasn't something that I liked. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to resell it for a higher price. I think it was worth about $250. Mm -hmm. I put it out for $250. And then there was this guy who came to me and he said, he offered $200. And I was like, $200 is too low. I'm not going to accept it. And he said, you know, I know where you got this pedal from. And I was like, okay, where did I get it from? And he said, oh, you were trying to buy it from that guy. And I know because I was also trying to buy it. So this is like a clear case of what we're talking about here where somebody kind of wants the item and mm-hmm. I have like kind of taken it from him, right? Also, right. he believes. Um, I mean, of course, in this case, I wasn't using bots or anything. I just had faster fingers, right? You can call me <laughs> faster, faster fingers, boy. Faster, faster fingers. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so at that point of time, a couple of years ago, I felt bad because I felt like I was being unethical mm-hmm. and him being someone who wanted it. Um, you know, I was kind of stealing it from him. And so I kind of like got coerced into selling it to him at $200. Oh, you sold even it? Though I could have, so I think I sold it to him about $200 oh, because man. I was kind of afraid that he would out me and like the community would like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Ostracize me and whatever. But now thinking back about it, I don't think that it was so wrong and it wasn't as if I bought it to resell it. Um, I actually tried to use it and I decided that it wasn't for me and I, the market decided that I could sell it at a higher price mm-hmm. than the, the price that I paid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know what's to say that he wouldn't be someone who tried to resell it at a higher price later or so yeah and so in in this case you know with knowing all that i know and not knowing whether other people are going to buy it on and resell it or not i think you know it's i don't necessarily have to feel guilty about these kind of things yeah yeah. because yeah. i'm not exclusively a reseller i'm not just buying to make a profit mm-hmm. and even if you are you know sometimes if you can't beat them join them right yeah i mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with reselling it's not illegal it's not, I mean, it, it, it's something that everyone does, right? Like, if you think about it, all the, the big stores, retail stores are all reselling stuff. Like, yeah. NTUC, they buy stuff from the supplier and then they, they obviously, they put it in their store and then they charge you more money to make up for, I don't know, rental, overheads and all that kind of stuff. And also, a margin that they, they take back as profit, right? So, that's also reselling in essence. Yeah. So, I think, I mean, you're, you're probably right. Reselling is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, not until companies have a way to go directly to people uh probably via the internet uh oh, that's true yeah but now i mean it, it is kind of happening now with like alibaba and all that you know 
So it's it's giving them uh it's giving like Chinese factories uh or manufacturers a platform to reach their consumers directly. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Alibaba is still kind of a B two B considered a B two B platform, but I mean as it evolves, it'll probably become B two C. So I think AliExpress is kind of like their experiment in trying to do B two C. So yeah, I mean it it's gonna be there. Uh, I don't think you should have sold it to him for two dollars. No, two hundred dollars. I didn't sell it oh, him for two dollars, dude. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have sold it to him for two hundred dollars if I was in your shoes. I'm just like, my actions before do not dictate the price it is now. The market dictates the price. Why does it matter if I bought it from a guy before you? It doesn't matter. So yeah, but right. I mean, at that point, I understand there were like a few other like considerations you had. So I mean, fifty dollars in the grand scheme of things is not a lot of money. Like yeah. fifty dollars to to like protect your brand reputation and all that kind of thing. I mean, it, it's okay, it's okay. So I mean, whatever that guy, I I hope he feels happy about it. I hope he listens to this podcast and feels like a little douchebag. But I'm I quite <laughs> I'm quite sure he sold it off eventually for a higher price. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So I mean, uh, these kinds of things, yeah, it goes around, and it goes around. So I mean, eh, yeah, that's what it is. But you know, there are two other points that I would like to bring. You know, mm-hmm. in the last in one of the last podcasts, we talked about you know whether some of these uh, marketing tactics. Mm. marketing strategies that the companies were using were they ethical or not right mm-hmm. and we talked about you know fake slashing prices you know holding holding sales for longer than they were advertised and things like that and we kind of came to the, the this saying where we said that you know the companies put out a price and if you're willing to pay that price and you transact that's all fair play yeah whatever they, whatever they do to get you to that point is fair play yeah and so once you've decided that that price is fair play you pay for it the transaction is valid and legitimate yeah, right it's done and so in my opinion you know when you're talking about uh someone selling their stuff secondhand for example mm. if they're selling it super cheap it's a price that they've decided to sell it at and it's a price that you have decided to buy it at yeah and so the transaction is perfectly le- legitimate right mm-hmm. and so if someone kind of guilt trips you to saying that hey you know why did you buy it from that guy at that price you know uh and you're trying to flip it for a profit now that's unethical but you know you got there first it was a pure it was a fair transaction yeah or you know if someone you know every so often someone will sell you something mm. and after a while they'll come back and they've regretted that they sold it to you at that price oh do they because i mean it, it doesn't really happen that often but right. i i mean i'm sure some people have felt regret mm. about selling things at lower prices than they would have uh, gotten right yeah definitely and so sometimes they would say like i mean i've heard stories people saying like hey can you sell it back to me you know it was such a great price but you know the transactions already occurred yeah. So there's really nothing you can do, and it's up to the goodness of the person that you sold it to, to as to whether he would like to give it back to you or not. Yeah. But that being said, you know I also empathize with people who are huge fans of things, mm. right? Mm. And so for me, as someone who buys and sells stuff, uh, mostly for like I buy something, I use it, and I try to resell it after that to clear my stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If I can sense, you know. Uh, when talking to someone, if I can sense that they are truly interested in whatever they're buying from me, mm-hmm. I tend to go more lenient on them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, for example, if like someone comes up to me, at, if someone is chatting with me, right, and we're talking about uh, the thing in particular and he offers me a certain price and he's, he gives me like pretty good reasons as to why he's only offering that price. Mm-hmm. Then for me, it's like, okay, fine. You know, we've built, we built out a rapport. I can see that you're really interested in whatever we're, we're talking about, the domain, right? Right. So if it's musical instruments, I can see you're really interested in music. If it's electronics, I can see that you're passionate about electronics and you really want this thing and you're not going to resell it. And I feel like I can trust you on that. Then generally, I would be inclined to give a discount or even like 
to be more lenient when dealing with this person as mm-hmm. compared to like saying a straight no, for example. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, I have some people who come to me and uh, this is the worst thing. Like, they, they beg. <laughs> and they mm. don't really have a good reason for begging. Right, right. So they say like, for example, so I mean, this this goes into the realm of buyer-seller etiquette already, mm-hmm. right? So someone comes up to me and they offer like half the price of what I'm asking. Right. And they say like, can you please sell it to me at this price? I'm I'm a poor student. I don't have I don't have much money. And to me, that doesn't really make sense because yeah. I was also a student and I didn't beg anyone for anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you are a student and you want to buy something that's above however much you are able to pay, then you either settle for something cheaper mm-hmm. or you go and get a job and earn the money. Yeah. Like I, as someone selling, should not be expected to lower my price just because you can't afford it. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing which I, um, which really gets on my nerves is, um, ah, okay. So I was recently selling a laptop stand. Uh-huh. Okay. The laptop stand retails for about twenty-five to thirty dollars first hand. Okay. And mine, I use mine for a while, and it's about brand new. So I sell it for nineteen dollars, mm-hmm. and that could be considered on the higher price of things. Right. Generally, people could sell it as low as ten dollars, for example. Mm-hmm. But to me, I don't really want to lose that much money. So I put it at $19. So this guy comes up to me and he says like, hey man, can you uh, give a lower price? And I say, um, you know, what kind of price are you talking about here? Or, you know, why should I give you a lower price? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, there are people selling the same thing at $10, at half your price. And, you know, it takes a while for my brain to load. But then I ask the inevitable <laughs> question. Well, if the guy is selling it at $10, why don't you go and buy it from the other guy? Yeah, precisely. And so this is something that I have never figured out what these people are trying to pull. <laughs> and I've and as someone in my earlier years, maybe five years ago, mm. I would have, I might have said, Oh, okay, in that how much is that guy selling for? Ten dollars? In that case, I'll sell it to you for ten dollars. But right now, yeah, I'm not no gonna way. be held hostage, right? Yeah. And so to me it's like Okay, okay, if I was willing to sell it at $10, then fine. If you mm. offer me $10, I'll give it to you for $10. It's like, you know, you, you kind of like put a higher price then yeah, so yeah, yeah. to prepare for them to negotiate down, right? Right, right. But for me, I'm, I'm not really prepared to go to $10. And so to me, it's like, I don't understand why you're asking me for a discount. That guy's selling it at $10 and I'm selling it for $19. Yeah. Why would you come to me and ask me for $19? So obviously someone is lying here. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he's... Um... He should go for negotiation one on one. His negotiation like really <laughs> fail, fail until cannot fail. It's like how, like what? How this has happened <laughs> to me many times, many times. Yeah, it's so weird, right? Like people, people feel like the need to negotiate. I mean, um, Carousel kind of provides you the platform to do that, but you don't actually have to do it. I mean, it's different when you go to like maybe ten years ago, you go to China, right? You just buy something off the street, immediately you cut 70% of their asking price, right? And then right. you end up settling for about half of it, right? Or about 40% if you are very good. So it, yeah. it, it's really like how you you kind of perceive um, the value of the product and how far you're willing to push it down, right? But this this is really, it, it, it's, it's really ridiculous, right? <laughs> ah, the, the things that you see, man, the things that you see. Yeah. Actually, originally, right? I think um, the reason why I wanted to create this podcast was actually to talk about things like this. Hmm. like the kind of like more of the intricacies of buying and selling stuff right but i think it, we will we will cover that in some of the podcasts like we've covered it today mm-hmm. but you know to kind of like expand the reach of the podcast expand the breadth of the podcast 
to make it more relevant for more people as well. And anyway, all these topics that we're covering, they're pretty interesting as well. So uh, more broad topics, but also sometimes we'll go into kind of like the nitty gritty about, you know, certain etiquette or certain uh, intricacies when buying and selling, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we like... Oh, you want to you wanna share a story? Wait, what? You want to share a story? <laughs> I heard you take a breath there. Oh, did I? Hmm. Was I going to say something? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't have a story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get ready for a story. Actually, I don't have one. Okay, carry on to the next point. Yep. Okay, so I think we've established that, you know, there are people who resell. And reselling mm. is as old as time. Um, it's not going to go anyway, away anytime soon, although there are uh, more instances of people, uh, companies direct selling to the end consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still people who are reselling. Uh, there are people who are going to use bots. There are people who are going to kind of use other things which might be considered unethical. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't really label it as, as definitively unethical, right? Yeah. Some people might think that it's fine. Yes. Some people might think that it's unethical. And even for, depending on the type of product, mm-hmm. some products might feel more unethical than others. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for, I'm sure that the, like for you and I, we, we're not really like sneaker hits. Mm-hmm. So we think that the sneaker one is okay, you know, eh, right. It's like kind of unethical, but it's not like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But for us, if there was someone like concert tickets, somehow mm-hmm. most people can agree that it's kind of dastardly, right? It is. It is really. Okay. But knowing all these things, you know, how should we behave in relation to reselling and resellers? People who, buy exclusively to resell people who try to make a profit off it people who buy the concert tickets they get the bots in they buy the tickets and they resell it immediately for thousands of dollars mm. well I think to in order to beat them right you gotta be better at them at their game which is not easy hmm. <laughs> which is not it's not easy at all right so this is where the savvy part comes in right <laughs> yeah 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 so I mean like there are certain industries where they actually do build in some kind of um like a control right so we're talking about uh, concert tickets a lot so concert tickets they actually I mean at least in Singapore right they actually have uh, anti-scalping measures so like if right. they if they realize that your your ticket when you try and come in right it's it's a like a scalp ticket. Even if you paid ten thousand dollars for it, they would not let you in. Yeah, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Right, yeah. So, but I'm I'm not entirely sure how successful that has been because there are still people buying and reselling. Yeah, right? yeah. there are still people buying and reselling, but I think uh, it is still very very dependent on people reporting all of these kinds of things. So like maybe they go onto Carousel and they're like, oh, this guy has a ticket, and then after that they like I don't know forward it to Cystic or something, and they're like, oh, okay, so this serial this batch of serial numbers are probably all scalped and something like that. So I, right. they also probably can go back and do some like forensic, I don't know, forensic science. I mean, at that- isn't it, isn't it like, okay, so this person has bought this ticket and then when you go to the gate and your name doesn't, your name on your IC doesn't match or your face doesn't match uh, yeah, the, yeah, the face yeah. of the person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it is something like that. So it, I, so you kind of have to rip the person's face off as well <laughs> and, and paste it onto your own face before you go in. Yeah, I think and previously- like Borrow his IC, borrow his uh, identification card, right? <laughs> yeah, but no one's going to give you that identification card so easily, right? You go and borrow money for a loan shark. <laughs> if, if I were you, I would have said no one's going to let you rip their face off. But you know, sure, the, the identification card works as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I recently went for a concert. I think it was like 2018 or something before this whole COVID thing. Kicked I like over. how you say 2018 is recently, but carry on. Well, it's not that long. It was ago. two years ago, man. Yeah, that was my the last concert I, I went to, right? So, uh, so yeah, they they did ask you for NRC number and all that, and then we did right. have to like join a, like a virtual queue and all that. So I don't know how much of these bot thingies were going on two years ago, but I managed to get my ticket, so I'm pretty happy about that. But nice. yeah, so 
the, the thing that I find interesting, right, is that this company, these companies, uh, the ticket one in particular, yes, the only reason I feel why they're doing so much to curb this is because they're not making money on it. Oh, right, right. right? So it's like, there's, there's, no, there's no benefit for them to have ticket prices go up to like tens of thousands of dollars, right? But comparatively, like in the, in the, in the case of like sneakers, uh, it is good for them if they have a pair of sneakers that's going on the second-hand market for $30,000. That gives a perceived uh, premium, a perceived right, right, atasness right. of their products, so which enables them yeah, to sell like, their products at a higher price again, right? So Yeah, it's like if Nike and Adidas, and they both went on the second-hand market, and Nike sold for $30,000, uh, Adidas sold for $25,000. Yeah, precisely. Then it's like people would have a, a subconsciously a higher brand image of Nike as compared to Adidas, right? Whichever sells higher. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So I guess the only people who are doing it are the people who don't actively benefit from this like capitalism. So in terms of how we should behave in relation to reselling and resellers, I don't think there's much we can do except, I don't know, pay the price. I mean, some people are willing to pay it, right? If they if they don't have time to queue and they're like, oh, okay, $30,000, I'm made of money, I can buy a pair of shoes for $30,000, then go ahead. Uh, I mean, more yeah. power to you. But I definitely don't have $30,000 to spend on a pair of shoes. If I wanted to buy a $300 pair of shoes, I would probably go and queue for it. If I knew it's going to be out of stock, limited edition, it'll go up to $30,000. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, you just have to beat the reseller, resellers at their game, right? When, <laughs> when's the last time you queued physically for something like this? Oh, physically, I don't Never know. is also an answer. Yeah, I don't think I've ever queued physically for anything like this. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, wait, I have, I have. It was concert tickets. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it was concert tickets. That was even longer ago when I was uh, when I was in the army, uh, national service, right? Right. So I remember, oh, there's because there's a cystic counter near my house. It's at Tiong Baru. So I remember that day I took leave and then I went down with my friend to go and queue for, for concert tickets. Like literally what, what, before uh, they opened. Which, uh, which concert was this? SNSD. Uh, Girls Generation. Wait, they, they came to Singapore? They, what? Yeah, they came to Singapore. It was a long time ago. Like, they, right, right, yeah, right. they used to come quite quite often like once every two years or something like that when they were active yeah yeah so it, it was like me and my friend uh, the, the, the counter opened at 10 o'clock we were sitting there at 7 o'clock and there was already a queue in front of us there was like a good 20 people in front of us so we were just sitting oh, there okay. yeah. yeah so we just <laughs> we were just sitting there two hours before the system opened and there were 20 people in front of us we just sit there then we take them to go toilet and buy some coffee that kind of thing so right. it, it was it was actually quite an interesting experience uh, you see like people come and join the queue and then you see like who are the, the super diehard hardcore fans but I don't know some of them could be buying it to resell I mean yeah it was about 10 years ago I think yeah. slightly less than that but so, yeah. so here's an idea instead of paying you know $30,000 for a $1,000 or $10,000 pair of sneakers mm -hmm. why don't you just pay like 50 bucks for someone to stand in line for you oh yeah you could I could do that I could have done that and at that point, it probably would have been seen as ethical. It really depends on which side of the fence you're on, right? Whether you're the one doing it or you're the one like getting the brunt of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's whether you're the one in line or whether you're the one behind the guy in line who's yeah. for. Yeah, precisely, precisely. So imagine if you're standing in line and then the guy in front of you just buys like 10 tickets. And then you're like, what the hell? This guy buy 10 tickets? And it just so happened the last that was the last ticket. Or you'll be cursing and swearing at the guy. You'll be super unethical. But then to the guy in front, I'm like, 
hey, this is my right. I can buy maximum 10 tickets. I buy 10 tickets lah, right? You know, so it's like... Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, so a lot of times feelings come into this, yeah, which you very rightly put, like, emotional Actually, attachment yeah. to the thing, yeah? So it is, yeah, I yeah. think that's right. That's right. Yeah. So the only thing that I've probably ever killed for in my life was, it's like food. Oh. And so I, I, I guess, thankfully, because of the perishable perishable nature of food uh-huh. you don't see someone at the start of the queue buying 10 packets and then <laughs> going to the back of the line and saying who wants to buy this for like 40 dollars when i bought it for four dollars right yeah. i don't think I, I don't think i've ever seen any uh, anything like that the the day when that comes then we need to do this episode again right and to say that something is clearly wrong because <laughs> because immediately, this, literally immediately he flips it yeah, yeah, because this is uh, bordering on the heartstrings of every Singaporean out there. Yeah, yeah, food, food is a big, big yeah. Big you, you thing. don't, you don't mess with food. Yeah, man. You don't, you mess, don't with mess with food. food. <laughs> yeah, Ima- imagine the day that when that comes, like some guy buys a a plate of takutiao, <laughs> and then and then it's like, oh, swiker, right? Swiker, <laughs> handsome. Swiker, you have to buy. That was the last plate, and there are still twenty people in the queue behind you, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, all right, goes to the highest bidder. This plate of takutiao, how much are you willing to pay for it? All right, I hear six dollars. I hear nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. In that case, people will probably just walk away, right? And you'll be out, out the price of ten packets of chakwe tail. Ex- yeah, yeah. Except one guy who would be willing to pay uh thirty dollars for you. Oh, maybe, uh, so maybe. Uh, then yeah. you recoup all your costs already. <laughs> <laughs> you could have bought ten packets of that. You could have. Dang. <laughs> yeah, the day when that happens, we need to sit down and do this podcast again, and and. Talk for one hour about society that is terribly wrong. Mm, yeah, something's very wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think John's John's approach is kind of like you know you know it is what it is, right? And you just do whatever you can. Um, for me, I think definitely I would discourage people from exclusive re- exclusively reselling, right? Mm-hmm. And so if some if I see someone who uh, buy something that's super cheap that a lot of people might have wanted. And then they try to flip it immediately for a profit. It's definitely something that I would frown upon. And if it was like one of my friends, maybe I might give a comment or two. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to like scold them or anything. But mm-hmm. I would say like, hey, you know, you know, try to consider what you're doing here. So definitely in an ideal world, I think that products should go to genuine fans. Mm-hmm. And people, and so, but this is not an ideal world. And people would, in the presence of people who would buy and resell these things, you know, sometimes we don't really have a choice except to leave it up to the companies, to pressure the companies to kind of do something about it. Or, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, right? Mm. Um, hoping that companies would be able to come up with better solutions to combat. I think bots is definitely one, something that people re- feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is because bots greatly outweigh human capabilities in yep. terms of something automated. Yep. So when you're just clicking in to get to the page and to get a waiting list number, the bot can do it 10,000 times, mm-hmm. 100,000 times, and the human can only do it once. Yep. And so that that sense of perceived unfairness is something that people can't really get behind. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people do perceive it as unfair. But, so but the for world some is people, unfair. Yeah, the world <laughs> is unfair, right? So for those people who are super practical, super realistic, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, if you have a bot that clicks 10,000 times and I want to win you, then I need to buy a bot or create a bot that clicks 11,000 times. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So it depends on which, uh, which side you fall under. You know, we can either just um, try to do something about the unethical part of it mm-hmm. or we can just try to kind of outsmart people, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the last thing that I would like to share, which I don't think we, I don't think John touched on, so I'm not really sure whether you agree with this, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, don't be held hostage to resellers or unfair prices. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're going for a concert, mm-hmm. the ticket costs $200. Mm-hmm. You didn't manage to get a ticket and now someone has bought the ticket and they're reselling it at $2,000. Mm. Don't pay that price. Yeah, definitely don't pay that so, price. I, I do understand from an emotional standpoint, maybe it's an artist or a band that you really like, mm-hmm. but you do have to consider, is it worth that $1,800 extra that you paid? And also, is it worth sending that price signal to people who buy and resell mm, to get yeah. the money of people like you yes. who are desperate for a ticket? Yeah, And so, if I think as a savvy consumer, mm-hmm. we do think about price, uh, you know, each product has a price. So the ticket is worth it at $200, mm-hmm. but it's not worth it. But is it really worth it at $2,000? And so if someone is checking out the price crazily, don't encourage them by buying it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, I mean, of course, if you still feel that it's worth it, and you are made of money, and you have the money, you know, you mm-hmm. have the disposable income, yep. then by all means, go ahead and buy it because who are we to tell you what to do with your disposable income? Yep. Other than if you've won the lottery and gotten $12 million, right? Ooh, then, we, then we will tell you what to do with that money in an <laughs> earlier <don't>... podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you know, otherwise, if you find that you can control yourself and this thing is not really that important to you, or you know, you feel, you, you feel that no logical person but mm-hmm. pay 10 times the price of what it's supposed to be. Mm. Then try to curb that emotional investment that you had in the thing and just wait it out. So like the example that you gave, right? The the sneakers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just because you didn't get it the first time, but it wasn't such a big deal to you. And so you were able to actually wait until the opportunity arose for you to actually get it. And then you were able to pay that price instead of being held hostage to the $380 on the website, right? Mm, yeah. Where someone was trying to resell it for a quick buck. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with this point, right? So there are two ways that people, that companies can kind of like curb these kind of practices. One is to, of course, control the supply, right? And another side is to control the demand, like you said. Like, it is very true that this is saying that people vote with their wallets, right? And it's very yeah. true It's very true in, in this case. And it's also very true in the case of like um uh, the gaming industry in general, right? Like, you realize games are like, giving pre-orders and all that now. So it's like going oh, right. for exorbitant prices, pre-orders. And if you think about it, right, you're paying a lot of money for a game that is not even out yet. It has shifted so far from the time when we used to read reviews before we put our money to a game. And and this is also because of pre-orders. Pre-orders were never popular. It was never a thing until people decided, right. hey, why don't we do pre-orders? Let's give them like a free statue or a figurine with it. And then we charge them like $200 more for it. People will buy it. And people actually bought it. So it kind of perpetuates this, this cycle of like pre-orders and stuff, right? So it's, it's the same here. If you're going to buy a $2,000 ticket, it's going to just enable people to like, oh, it's like it, it validates their, their action, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, in that sense, it's not good. It's not good for anybody, even if you can afford it. But I mean, who am I to tell you what to do with your money, right? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, we are here to tell people what to do with their money, you know? <laughs> or at the very least, so how, how they can... Uh, Save a little bit more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By making certain consumer choices, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can save by not buying it. <laughs> but I mean, so the the, the point of this podcast is, uh, so so one way to be a savvy consumer is just never to buy anything. Yeah, don't buy things. In that case, you are the savviest consumer ever. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, until the day comes when you actually need something and then you're dead because you don't have it. <laughs> 
and then you go around you go around to your neighbors and like excuse me can i borrow this thing <laughs> excuse me can i borrow that thing yeah and then when he reaches us you'll be like hey you want to guess on the savvy consumer <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly the kind of person that we're looking for but right. you know where's that where's that money that i lent you uh, 10 years ago <laughs> Where's that broom that I lent you 10 years ago? Yeah, that would be interesting, huh? To see somebody bring it to the absolute, absolute extreme. Yeah. Mm. Those people are probably rich, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably are. Because they never buy anything. Mm. I, I mean, we would love to do an episode on that. People people who don't buy anything are rich. Well. Uh, much richer than they would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. If, they, if they were someone who... You know, buys six dollar coffee. Mm. You know, buys twenty dollar food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Twenty dollars is a bit exorbitant, but eh, well, whatever. So, want to get rich quick? Never spend any money. <laughs> yes. Get, get rich quick scheme. <laughs> don't spend Ima- money. Imagine, imagine if you put out an ad on YouTube, and you you you, you do like a clickbait kind of title, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give me five seconds, I will teach you how to be a millionaire in 40 years. <laughs> Never spend any money. Then <laughs> end, end of advertisement. That's all. Five seconds. That's all. Five and seconds. The people, the people who are watching would go like, what? <laughs> what did I just watch? No, no, no. You can't give them the whole package, right? You gotta, gotta do something in the advertisement and make them pay you $30 for this advice, for this five seconds of advice. Uh, uh, you pay some actors yeah. to like oh wow after listening to this five seconds of advice I made a million <laughs> bucks in two months something like that you know it's 40 years dude 40 <laughs> years not two months this is this is not a get rich quick team it's a get rich slow scheme. <laughs> you, you, you need to work on your uh, <laughs> clickbait <laughs> I think yeah then then I'll be uh, a couple of years later you'll find me on the streets wondering why I didn't make any money from my get rich poor, uh, get rich slow scheme <laughs> Or maybe you'll be a millionaire in 40 years. Who knows? I, I would be a millionaire in 40 years if I stopped spending money. <laughs> <laughs> so the one of the point of this podcast is to for me to listen to it over and over again to get myself to stop spending money, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, in 20 years, what would it be like to re-listen to our podcast? Huh? Maybe our opinions would have changed a lot by then. Uh, who knows? Yeah, we'll be this uh, 40, 50-year-old guy saying that who are these two young people who sound so stupid? Yeah, I know, right? That, that's very interesting, huh? Oh, or maybe we would say hey these two guys sound so smart who are they why am I not richer now <laughs> because you're only halfway through the 40 years oh we're only halfway you still have 20 years right, to go still so 20 you, years to but go. you know you should be at about half a million I think uh, probably probably so, sounds uh, alright so yeah mark this date down in 20 years $500,000 oh Singapore yeah dollars. let's go alright alright with that we have come to the end of this podcast thanks everyone for listening if you like what you hear give us a like and a follow on whatever podcast app you use and also share the podcast with your family and friends lastly thanks to John for joining me for this episode and we will see you again next week bye the end. so uh, do we now we're about 20-30 years old so should we have gotten about $500,000 uh, I don't know not, not even close Mm-hmm. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. Uh...